I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Good morning and welcome to a brand new day. Pleasure to have you with us here. A reminder we're recording this program on uh, Thursday. People always say, Why do you say that? Why, why do you have to explain It's a that? law. It, it it's is a law. The FCC requires us to tell you that this is a recorded program for your enjoyment here as live on Saturday morning. So now we've done our due diligence. also told us we had to stand on our heads while we did the show, but I'm (laughs) going to break that law today. Yes, you are. Uh, It's uh, nice to have you with us. We're recording this during the week uh, Thursday, as a matter of fact, midday. Sunshine's back out, and this weekend looks like it's going to be spectacular. As you listen to this, uh, look forward to 80-degree days today, and tomorrow might even get close to 90 on Monday. So uh, maybe, just maybe, summer's actually going to arrive. It's gorgeous. It really is. We got a ton of birds in our yard. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I got to get rid of them. Like, they started (laughs) at 3 in the morning. (laughs) This piercing sound coming through the open windows. Anyway. Uh, that's Russ Smith. Yeah, I'm morning. Tim Hughes. Russ, of course, from uh, Sky Call yeah. Satellite. We were looking over what's on the show today and thinking, we need to get started here pretty quickly and pretend like we know what we're doing, which your response was, what, how many years we've been doing this? <laughs> we haven't fooled anybody yet. I, I think people are still expecting we don't know what we're doing. That's but... why we got the best experts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nabonomskis is going to check in with us for oh, Fish Bites a little bit later. He was tied up during a recording time today for a little while anyway. And uh, Roger Egger from Bear River Lodge will also check in. I think he's back from the islands. Speaking of the islands, yeah, uh, our guys in the Row 4 ALS bunch, and this is, uh, at first I was sad, but uh, they seem pretty upbeat from what we've heard, although we haven't talked to them directly. They've exited the race early. Uh, and, of course, we carried the launch. We talked about their preparations, right, getting right. ready for this. And we were always told, he, Tim told us that it's... Uh, Build as the toughest row on the planet, and I guess they got to experience that firsthand. Yeah. yeah. Have you heard anything other than what's been posted on just, social media? Just the, the couple of posts that I got. Well, I had, I didn't see the, the uh, social media stuff. I just had text messages from, from Alan, who was with them last, last row. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, let me just read uh, the first part of this because I, I I won't want to eat up a lot of the time we have with them if we do make contact. So let me just read what the first uh, initial um, 
wording was when it came across Facebook, I believe, about three days ago. Due to personal issues, we are sad to announce that Team Row 4 ALS have had to make the decision to terminate their row across the Pacific and head back into land. Tim, Dale, and Abel have valiantly forged forward for as long as possible. However, to ensure the safest possible recovery, the team are now rowing back into the San Luis Obispo uh, Harbor, where they will be met by Atlantic Campaign's representative and assisted with recovery and return. The world's toughest row is certainly just that. All teams leave land being the best prepared, well-trained, and ready as they can be. But the fight with Mother Nature, the body, and the mind is real. As always, our safety team are in constant contact with Row 4 ALS and will ensure they return to land safely. Um, Well looked upon, uh, what does this mean? Our, Our well looked upon arrival and return to their hometown to be run, reunited with family and supporters. So, yeah. again, it, it just sounds like they were exhausted. And from what we have been able to read between the lines, yeah. the conditions were such that they were rowing and rowing and rowing and not getting anywhere. Right. They, you know, they were going to go up to San Francisco. They were going to row from Mon- Monterey, right? Monterey yeah. Yeah. Up towards the Bay Area because that's where they thought they could catch that current and wind. But yeah, no I'm curious how many other teams, if any, have decided That's to throw in the towel too. You and I were talking on the yeah. phone a couple of days ago, and w- both of us seem to remember a conversation about a single and individual rower that was going to yeah. try and do this. That's Man, nuts. They get tossed around. Um, so anyway, <laughs> we're going to uh, do our best with the SkyCall satellite phones yeah. to make contact and, and see if we can talk directly with them as they make their way in. I was a little concerned and wondered because there's – support crews that are along the way with them. Tim told us that. But in the case of being totally incapacitated, do, would they just hook them up and pull them back in? Or how does oh, I'm sure they would. I mean, the race is over for them, so it's right. not like it's going to be a problem. And I don't think they were that far. They were rowing so slow. I did not check the site with their with their track. Yeah. But uh, – yeah, it's just it's a good it's it's going to be a good story because there's a lot to talk about yeah. the whys and how. Well, and that's why I wanted to get that initial um, yeah. information out of the way uh, right now because I don't want to eat up a bunch of time that we may get with them on the satellite phone where they can yeah. give us firsthand exactly what happened. Right, um, Tanya Kiefer Selby is going to join us from the Division of Wildlife Resources. I, I posted this video just so you can take a look at it, Russ, for our listeners. Oh, yeah. Of an osprey. They put some great music behind it on YouTube. <laughs> have As, you ever seen one? Oh, yeah. I have not. Really? I. That's, that's This is the first. And I've been on all kinds of rivers where they're at. But There are osprey viewing opportunities coming up. We wanted to make you aware of them. What makes these guys so spectacular? You've probably seen them and didn't know exactly what you were watching. But they live, I guess, 100% on fish. And they are great fishermen, and so they will dive from heights when they see a fish head first into the water and with their talons grab one and then fly off with it and have their meal somewhere on the banks. Osprey is, uh, people confuse him with bald eagles, and, and they both feed along the rivers. Yeah. And um, I like to see them side by side sometime because I think I've probably seen them, but I thought they were bald eagles yeah so we're going to talk with tanya about that tell you where you can actually go see them i i think uh, the one if i'm looking at the calendar right is the one that's coming up at flaming gorge but 
Uh, we'll verify that at the top of the next hour. Navi's going to give us a fish bites. He was a little uh, grumpy when I talked to him the last time because immediately after telling everybody that uh, the Weber was flowing nicely and clear and mm-hmm. fishable, they released a bunch of water uh. downstream, and uh, he got a phone call or an email from one of his red hats letting him know that it was quite muddy, actually. So Navi felt like he had uh, led everybody astray. We're going to straighten that out for you coming up. Uh, and then what else is on the show? Oh, we'll go road tripping with the boys. Yeah. I just got an email from Mark. Let me see if I can uh, pull up real quickly here what it is they're going to be talking about. Uh, things that are now open in Utah. This was actually part of our news of the week we were going to cover in a few minutes because Utah's Morning News talked about it. The main ramp at Bullfrog Marina is open. The water is up high enough at Lake Powell, and I think it's closing in if it's not already surpassed uh, 60 feet gain of elevation for the water down there. We've got quite a few phones there. Do you? Yeah, Lake Powell, and, and we, of course, we've got the Starlinks there, too. That's gotten popular, Lake Powell, sending those down. But a foot a day still. Yeah. I asked the last guy that came in, dropped stuff off, well, how much did the river rise while you were there he said 60 feet mm. no i'm sorry six feet six feet. take that zero off yeah there. yeah while they were there while they were there feet. they had to keep managing the the lines on the boat well there were warnings this week uh from folks in the area of flaming gorge that uh, you needed to be careful how close to the oh, yeah. <laughs> to the water yeah, line yeah. you you put your tent if you're gonna you know right. camp right there because yeah. <laughs> uh if you are there for several days and you go out on the water you might come back and find that everything's yeah. floating on the on the beach <laughs> anyway a couple of things we're going to talk about today and then it seems like we had one other oh you want to talk about let me see if i can yeah. pull this up here you want to talk about uh <laughs> things that this last winter has caused some challenges let me see if i can find the picture to share with you before we have to break uh, Deer Valley posted this on their social media a minute ago. That's what the mountain bike crews are dealing with right now. Do you believe that? They're digging their way on the trails uh, mid-mountain and above to try and make it possible to get some mountain bike trails open because <laughs> the snow is still that deep. Uh, it's pretty pretty amazing, yeah. So we're going to be talking with uh, Chris, and I believe the last name is Urkula. He is the uh, mountain bike manager mm-hmm. at Deer Valley. That's going to be a fun conversation. Stay with us. There's a lot to do over the next two hours. And we'll cover it next here on KSL Outdoors Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. We have a little news of the week to get to, and then uh, after news on the half hour, 
fingers crossed anyway, we will make connection with the Row 4 ALS team and see if uh, the sat phones are still up and running. We don't really know, quite frankly, whether they're still on the boat or whether they've made it to California coastline. We've had two text messages, and I think that one was a copy of the other. That's all I've gotten. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking for the details as yeah. the guys have uh, thrown in the towel here and are coming back. We're anxious to find out exactly what went on. A uh, couple of notes I wanted to pass along. One's more of a personal thing, and I I really, uh, because we've had Justin Koski on from the uh, U.S. Ski and Snowboard Hall of Fame before, oh. I really want to make a push that they change their policy to not just have the athletes that are participating and have won some of the competitions through time, like Becky's brother, Bob right. Salerno, right. who was yeah. inducted, uh, but uh, judges and coaches who have made a difference in the sport should also be recognized, which I don't think they are or haven't yeah. been as of yet. And I bring it up because somebody who was really more like a brother to Becky and mm-hmm. Bob, my wife and yeah, her twin brother, yeah. uh, a big part of their family, Paul Nicholas, passed away this past week. We didn't know, but he'd been struggling with cancer of some mm-hmm. kind. And he, by all accounts, anybody that knew him, talks about his pivotal role in developing freestyle skiing judging. For all intents and purposes, he was kind of the FIS judge number one. He's the guy who laid the framework and established the foundations of the discipline and then taught others how to do it. Uh, he was an invaluable resource that guided judges be, before the existence of the competition rules were even out there. Wow. And they say a vital bridge during the sports transition uh, to the FIS back in the day. And his impact on the freestyle skiing community was really immeasurable. So we're, we're going to try and make a push behind the scenes that guys like Paul Nicholas, for all the reasons we've just talked about, get the chance to also be recognized in uh, the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Hall of Fame. That picture, by the way, mm. that's Bob oh, wow. up front. And that, okay. is, that is Paul. Uh, right behind him. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a, a great man and uh, did great things for the ski industry and, and lost, unfortunately, too young. Want to get a, a shout-out here to the Mont Harmon Middle School. They placed first in the National Archery Competition, uh, the 2023 World Open Championships in the Middle School Division. They traveled to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina to compete and did an amazing job, evidently. So, wow. congratulations. It's good to see that. I mean, we've heard about it, uh, the leagues that they have at the schools now. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe the next Olympian to represent the country is right there. We've yeah. we've documented how uh, Utah has been represented by some great yeah. uh, archers in the past. And as this airs today, Saturday, June 24th, summer has officially arrived on uh, on the mountain up at Snow Basin. And they've got a fun yeah. event coming up today. They call it Blues and Brews. <laughs> um, and they're going to kick things off. The gates will open at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Davey and the Midnights will uh, be on stage <laughs> at 2.15. I always enjoy the names of some of these. Yeah. And then they'll close the event up with uh, the Dead Winter Carpenters. Not not exactly sure what that means, yeah, but <laughs> maybe we'll have them on sometime. <laughs> yeah, uh, or find their music online to yeah, be able to share yeah. with you. So um, some of the hiking and biking is going to be up and running. It's uh, a sure sign that summer has finally arrived here in Utah, and uh, we wish them the best of fun up there at uh, at Snow Basin. I'm unable to go because I'm going to be manning the booth for anybody that's headed over to the RSL game, and I think they're playing Minnesota. 
at America First uh, Stadium there. Uh, Anyway, I'll be out there about 5 o'clock if you want to swing by and say hi. Should be a good uh, night for soccer with these great uh, temperatures. All right, going to take a break. We'll get you a news update on the half hour on the other side. Fingers crossed. We'll talk to the Row 4 ALS guys and see if we can get an explanation of exactly what happened out there on the high seas. Next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.